I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. It's the World Soccer Talk podcast, the only podcast that focuses on watching soccer on TV, online and apps. In episode 92, we discuss our latest analysis of TNT's Champions League coverage. Bleacher Report Live crashes and burns. Why BN is suing Saudi Arabia for $1 billion. What we thought about the DC Fan Fest on NBC. And we have a bunch of letters from you, the listeners, in our mailbag section. My name is Christopher Harris, a.k.a. The Gaffer, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kartik Krishnaya. Kartik, we have to begin uh, in terms of what we've been watching from this past week with the UEFA Champions League coverage. And I, I never thought that when Turner uh, acquired the rights uh, to this competition and, and, of course, the Europa League, that they would do a worse job than Fox Sports. And it's still early days, but so far, they're worse than Fox. What do you think? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that they're different than Fox, I, I would say. I'm not sure if they're better or worse. I mean, they're not They're not better, clearly, and I'm not sure that they're worse. I mean, I, I think that are that we didn't like about Fox's coverage that um, we're not seeing on TNT. And that having been said, I, I, I don't know where to start. Do we have the whole show to go through sure. inventory? From yeah, let's <laughs> kick it off. <laughs> okay. So first off, um, the, the pre-match show, let's start Tuesday. Since Let's just do this sequentially since we had two days of UEFA Champions League coverage. And I opted to not, not go to the office both days in order to watch it because I knew this was going to be um, – I hoped it wouldn't be as contentious as it was, but – I suspected it would be. And once the Tuesday was a train wreck, Wednesday's decision was made for me. So didn't go to the office either day, so I could focus on Turner's coverage both days. Um, the format of the pre-match show on, on Tuesday was outrageously bad. Um, there was very little analysis. Um, there's no points of disagreement. There's no points of contention. I don't think Kate Abdo steers the – and I, you know, I previously have liked her when she uh, did Bundesliga and she still was on Fox, but uh, she she seems to be a mismatch for this uh, for pre- presenting the UEFA Champions League. Um, she's not the conversation in the right directions, which is a complaint I had about Rob Stone uh, forever in terms of his hosting of the Champions League, and felt like when Do pinched hit for uh, on Fox, much better job. Well, now she's kind of regressed to that mean of of uh, Stone. The graphics look just like. Graphics do on all of USL materials, which makes me wonder if uh, USL's in Tampa, Turner's in Atlanta, if they just hired the same PR agency uh, or same uh, marketing agency. And it looks like you know, a little, it's like the, the 90s fad of, of, of a cursive writing and, and, mm-hmm. and, and scribbling and, and uh, makeshift uh, ink writing. So that, that was bad. The production was really poor yeah. in the pregame show. Um, clunky. Um, I, 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 kind of loud, you know, outtakes. I, I That Abdo wasn't on cue a lot. That's probably not her fault. That's probably the producer's fault. Um, and then, obviously, we had the uh, the, the, the the problems uh, during the Man United-Valencia game. And uh, I don't so, know if you want to talk about that now. Well, let me, let me, let me just jump in, too. I, I find it uh, incredible how, you, how Turner has six people on set. So they have four in Atlanta on Wednesday and then two in Los Angeles. How out of those six people... There's very little insightful analysis. You would think that with six people, you'd get some like wisdom, some 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 pearl, where you're like, oh wow, that, that's a really good uh, uh, thought, or that's a good observation. I mean, you look at you have to look at the competition. You look at NBC Sports, and you look at Kyle Martino. I mean, Kyle's always pulling some really interesting insights into the analysis. Uh, the two Robbies from time to time, uh, yes, definitely. Uh, Lee Dixon as a commentator. 
always has a co-commentator always has something i always walk away from a match with something that he said where i'm like wow okay that's a good point i didn't think of that and these six it's uh it's almost like it's uh too many i mean if you pair them down uh but but even then like like you said kartik they they all agree with each other uh it's very i mean uh, uh, Marisa Du, I wasn't impressed with at all. I thought his uh, it was his debut. I mean, given an analysis, but I thought his was very weak. Uh, Edgar Davids, I, w- I would say that he tried to be a little bit uh, confrontational or, or kind of uh, basically disagreeing with a couple of the things. But, but Chris, the problem is Kate Abdo doesn't steer traffic the right way on that studio set. So there were multiple times this weekend, this week, where Edgar Davids made kind of interesting points, maybe sloppily, didn't get right to it, but was was making a point that was contentious, and then she would just steer the conversation in a different direction, uh, and and not never follow up on that. So that that's on the studio host, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, and I guess part of the issue. I mean, I mean, she did a couple of times say like, like, what do you mean by that? Or tell me more. I mean, a couple of times. But 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 the issue I have is that they've had such a, a huge rotation of talent. I mean, you go through the list of uh, talent that they've had in those seats. I, I, th- I counted, I think, about nine people. And the Champions League only just started, like what, just over a, about a month ago with the playoff uh, qualification uh, games. So you have a constant changing of of those people. Having said that, I mean, she should be, she needs to be stronger, definitely, or they just need to break up this whole uh, two studio set and just have one studio. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's not working at, at all. And, and that's the thing, though, too, Kartik, is this um, Manchester United Valencia game, you I mean, on, on Tuesday on TNT. So I was tuning in, I was watching the pregame. And then all of a sudden, Kate Abdo says, and I wasn't watching the the, the, the time or the clock. She says, oh, uh, by the way, the game is starting five minutes late because of a delay in transportation getting to the stadium. I'm like, what? <laughs> Shouldn't we have known this? Like, this is, she said it kind of like almost like kind of a, a, as an aside, like, oh, by the way, no big deal. It's starting five minutes late. I'm like, okay, why is it starting late? So I had to go to, to Twitter to find out the information and I find out that uh, it was because of the Man United bus and if for the viewer the viewer that's watching the game it wasn't until if they hadn't gone to Twitter they wouldn't have found out about why the game was delayed until the 11th minute of the game when Gary Bertels told, told us during the commentary that the, it was the Man United bus that was arriving late at Old Trafford two seasons ago when the Dortmund uh, attack happened against Monaco and credit to Fox they were all over it that day yeah, they stayed with the uh, broadcast. Remember, yeah, particularly if I remember Ian Joy and um, and Eric Winalda. So, um, yeah, this is a place where they fall compared to Fox. Yeah, so so for those listeners uh, who missed it, so the Man United match kicked off five minutes late. Uh, no big deal, right? So we go right into the game. What the big deal was was that usually, I mean, the game will end uh, for halftime about, uh, was that 3.45? Um, but because it, it was delayed, it probably didn't enter about 3.50. So at 3.45-ish, all of a sudden, the game's interrupted. It's mid, mid-game. mid it's, it's like about three minutes to go in the game. And there's a, an error message on, on the TV screen. And it says kind of, uh, I think, VTR output channel or, so, or something like that. And then it went to commercials. I'm like, well, <laughs> the game's still going on. It's not even halftime yet. And, and it, well, before we went to commercials, it was interesting because Kate Abdo had a pre-recorded, okay, great, this is a great game. Okay, now we're going to go to uh, halftime. We'll be back in a minute, which is interesting that that's pre-recorded and not live. And yeah. then after the commercials ended, they went, they came back to back to the match, and then we saw like the, maybe the last minute or two of the game before but, the, but here's halftime. Here's the thing that. I think viewers who weren't watching Bleacher Report live at the same time, I had the TV on TNT, saw this snafu, knew exactly what had happened because yeah. it was five minutes behind. Because the the, the, the Real Madrid-Sesca match, mm-hmm. uh, were they playing Sesca? Yeah. Yeah, Sesca match that I, I was watching on my, kind of passively on my iPad, went to halftime right when they played that pre-recorded thing from Kate Abdo. They play the same thing on the on the Bleacher Report live stream and then get into a halftime studio show. So it was planned to go at that time and it probably was going on every web stream. So if you're yep. watching 
Byron and Ajax, it probably at the exact same time. So they have it on a timer. Is what what that is? Yeah, it's like automated. It's it's automatic. Okay, okay. This time exactly, go ahead and play this. You mean, know, or, or someone hit the button at the wrong time, thinking. You mean somebody in a studio said, okay, this at, at three forty-five, hit this button, and they weren't watching the game to see actually the game was still going on. But uh, yeah, the, the feeling I get, Kartik, overall. Uh, we'll get into Wednesdays in a little bit, but the feeling I get overall is when I'm watching TNT's coverage is I feel very detached from the game. It's also studio focused. And correct me if I'm wrong, but on the studio analysis, whether it's pre-game or post-game, there's no interviews with the managers. You don't get you you, you don't get kind of the the Jose Mourinho in the Old Trafford. Uh, uh, press area doing a, qu- a quick interview uh, right before the game starts and post game you, you don't get that so you, I, 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 I as a, v- a viewer feel very detached from what's going on within the state stadium how about you yeah well I, I don't the pre-match interviews th- that doesn't bother me very much I think that was just fluff and filler and when Fox would play that that gave them an excuse not to do anything else on those pre-game shows other than that Grant Wall segment that we talked about uh, ad nauseum on here uh, it, but the post-match uh, commentary, particularly from Mourinho, this Valencia Man United uh, disaster, and then the things that have happened subsequently, according to the Telegraph and other media sources, uh, they were completely asleep at that. Uh, now, granted, they did have the discussion with Nash and Holden, and, and this is this is an important thing to point out uh, about Mourinho. It seems like Chris, I've gotten to the point after four weeks or however many weeks they've been doing this now, where. Okay, if Nash and Holden, if they throw it to that L.A. studio, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to unmute it. I'm going to listen to what they're saying. If it's the Atlanta studio, I'm, I'm dreading. I'm like, should I just turn this off? <laughs> should I keep it on mute? Yep. Um, now, Wednesday, Tim Howard elevated the discussion, but this is a problem. When you're lying on an active player uh, who has been there, what, half the time, maybe less, yep. um, to, to carry the Atlanta studio, because when he's not there – Let's just be perfectly frank about it. It is useless what they talk about in Atlanta for the most part. Yeah, they, the, 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 on, the only exception I, I would give is um, in the very beginning, in, in the playoff stages, or may, it might have been the UEFA Super Cup final with uh, Owen Hargreaves was in, and he was great. Right. And I'm sure they, they can't get him now because he's probably doing BT Sport and he's not available, but uh, he was good. And I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that was good. No, not really. I mean, Carlos Bocanegra, I do not like. He's just very monotone, very flat. And, and, and that's overall too i mean overall the especially the atlanta studio uh and actually even la on tuesday too was very flat no energy it was very much if i'm a soccer fan watching this broadcast and i, and I watch soccer games uh, pretty regularly um i mean i'm what they're saying is nothing new there's no insightful analysis there's no it's basically everything that we know it's just kind of very very pedestrian analysis and that's the other thing too, Kartik. I mean, going back to not showing the post-match interviews, and, and yes, some of them are boring, but some of them are entertaining. Um, I, I, I feel like it's TNT's broadcasting the Champions League from a different planet that's not connected to ours. And the only the only thing that I can say, the only redeeming factor so far of uh, the Turner's uh, UEFA Champions League coverage, the one thing that pulls me in that does that I can say, okay, hey, this is great, is the segments where they have uh, Fernando. Uh, I've got his last name, but Fernando, where he's actually in the stadium, uh, right by the UA fans or the ultras, or he's he's near the stadium, outside the stadium, and those are great segments. That's that's fantastic. That's something we've never seen before, and uh, I'd love to see more of that. But we have no pitch sides uh, interviews. We have no Jeff Shreves before the match, uh, and that's why I said before with Fox. I can't believe that they're doing worse of a job than Fox. Fox's criticism, uh, my criticism about Fox was really their analysis was so poor. Everything else in terms of you know, making sure the game runs on time and uh, making sure that uh, if, it, if it's running long that uh, you don't have a, a commercial interrupting the, the game, I mean, mid, mid-game, um, that stuff they, they had nailed down, that they were fine with that. But, but these are really just amateurish mistakes, and it, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it is embarrassing. And, and I think what's even worse, Chris, is that there doesn't seem to be any uh, recognition on, on uh, their end that things have to change. Now, maybe there will be now that we have another two weeks until the next match day, or it will be three weeks until the next match day because of the international break. So maybe this is when they make some degree of um, so, some degree of change. They pivot. Uh, 
Colorado is not going to make the MLS playoffs, which is a, which is good news for all viewers because Tim Howard, Tim Howard actually is quite good. I think if he were put in the right atmosphere, and we I guess we saw this when he was doing games on NBC as an active player a couple of years ago, that he has the ability to uh, to give to, to pull out some nuggets of analysis, not quite at the Twelman level, but he does have that ability, and. Um, Quite honestly, he's more media trained than the rest of them. Yeah. Um, that, that sounds like a terrible thing to say, but they're just pulling these these play active and former players, uh, Gooch and, and Moadu and, and Carlos Bocanegra, into the studio without any sort of significant media training. Now, yeah. well, the other thing, let, me, let me just add. Just let, okay. let me let me just add to that, Kazik. I think if for an analyst, you're only as good as the analyst that's next to you. So if you have Tim Howard that's making a good remark, a good comment, you need someone right next to him to kind of play off that and either go in the opposite opposite way and, and uh, disagree with him or agree and then add add more insight. But when you've got, you mean, Maurice Edu and Edgar Davids or Aguchi and Onoweu, or you mean, you go down the list of all the, all these other analysts, and they're just not, you mean, they're not they're not building on what you've just said. It dilutes what Tim Howard says. So, um, but 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 go on. I just want to chime in with that. Right. So, Chris, I think the the issue here also is that the two studio setup is never going to work properly in terms of like proper transitions. And, and, and flow. Uh, we can now determine that after uh, however many, what we've had uh, a seven or nine uh, broadcasts now, uh, at least uh, from, from these studios. I, I, I've lost track, but, right. uh, and I was gone. I was out of the country for, for a few of them. So, so I guess uh, uh, that's seven or nine that I've seen, and you, you've probably seen more. I think we're looking at a situation where um, we're seeing that um, Stu Holden is versatile enough to where he's able to kind of drive um, and stimulate conversations and thoughts out of Steve Nash, even if Nash isn't insightful all the time. But he's more insightful than I think many would give him credit for. Um, then we're seeing out of the Atlanta studio. So they, they've got to make a decision. Now, I don't know if it comes now or it comes after the group stage, but they have to make a decision about what they do with the Atlanta studio. Do they uh, fly Nash and Holden out to Atlanta to liven up that studio and create a, 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 a greater flow and better energy levels among the panel, or do they just dispense with Atlanta completely? Um, maybe you know keep Cape, Abdo and LA, and just have these two as analysts. Uh, I don't know. They're going to have to make some sort of decision about it. Now, um, here's the other thing, Chris. We need to point out. Uh, you and I and the people we interact with on Twitter and the people who listen to this podcast happen to be generally our hardcore soccer fans. Mm -hmm. And they have a certain style of presentation that they enjoy. Um, now, it is possible that they've done market research and there's another constituent when they're seeking. Although I will tell you there's, there's a, uh, a, a, a prominent commentator from another network who told me this week that the constituency TNT seems to be going after this commentator believes does not exist, but um, well, 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 they've done some market research and they're going after a completely different audience than us. Yeah, well, we could in the TV rating section we can go into uh, how, for Tuesday's uh, games how they did in terms of the number of people watching them, and uh, well, at that point we we can discuss that. that. But but I mean to, to kind of steal the uh, to steal the the, the, the thunder. Uh, it's not working. I mean, the TV numbers aren't great, so um, there's issues there. We'll see what Wednesday's numbers are uh, this weekend on WillSoccerTalk.com, and we'll, we'll see the Spurs Barcelona how that did. But um, it, yeah, I can see that they're probably thinking, okay, let's let's take soccer to to a new audience. Let's take it to uh, the people that are used to tuning in to Turner uh, for NBA. Let's let's try to attract that audience, well, especially with Steve Nash. Audience. I mean that the. The, the thinking that from these conversations I've had that it's, it's, it's like basically millennials who aren't sports fans <laughs> that might be watching TNT for drama programs. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't see that happening. Because if you're trying to get the American sporting audience, that's what Fox well, did. And obviously a different approach than that. Yeah, but, 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 but that's the thing, though, too. I mean, soccer is already very, very popular. It's what, the number two sport among uh, you mean teens to, to 20-somethings. So it's not as if... I mean, so those people are watching soccer anyway. Uh, they're probably not watching soccer as much as you or I or, or the listeners are, but they're, they're watching soccer. Um, so it's not as if it's taking an audience that never really 
got into soccer and trying to now I don't know I'm not sure what their strategy is and that's probably a good question maybe down the road that we ask ask uh, Turner when, when we got the opportunity for but but Kartik, let's move on to Wednesday so Tuesday was problematic uh Wednesday was a complete disaster and and uh for those uh, listeners uh, who didn't experience it, it was a um, BR Live, Bleacher Report Live, just just malfunction completely. It was – well, let me back, uh, back, backtrack from that. Can I, can I back up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about this. Uh, so Maurice Du did make one good point in halftime during the uh, – uh, during the pre-record or the, I, it wasn't pre-recorded, right? The, the, the intro was pre-recorded, but during um, the, the um, Seska Real Madrid match, while Man United Valencia was still going on, so I took, I, I decided at that very moment to tune up uh, to up the volume on my iPad and mute my television. Guess what happens? The second I up my volume on my iPad. Bleacher Report Live starts to buffer, and I miss Moedu making that point. Now, maybe it's a coincidence, but given the problems they had the next day, which we're going to go through in a minute, Chris, I'm just beginning to think even the technology isn't where it needs to be to pull this off. Yeah, well, that's why I wanted to back up for a second, too, is because... We know we, we knew about this. I mean, since day one, when Turner acquired the rights and and they started to tell us about uh, their coverage plans, is that there would be issues. The, the issues that would be is that very few games are on television. Almost the majority of them, well, actually, all of the games are on Bleacher Report live streaming. But the, the issue we have is uh, a perfect example was on Wednesday when you have the three o'clock kickoff. You have Spurs against Barcelona. No doubt, the biggest game of the day. The second most biggest game of the day, the one that was really intriguing, the one that we talked about on last week's podcast, we thought would be really entertaining, was Liverpool-Napoli. And we know how many Liverpool fans there are. We know how many admirers there are of Napoli. I mean, in terms of the US, the style of play, it was going to be a great match to watch. So what happens? I mean, and this is what's happened to NBC Sports in the past before, too, with um, NBC Sports Gold, is... The, the, the issues that they've had when it has crashed, and it hasn't crashed for a long time, about a year ago, was when one of the games had decided to go ahead and put Man United on streaming and not on TV, and it crashed the whole thing <laughs> and gave them you mean, a whole bunch of bad publicity that issued refunds, and it was, it was a nightmare. And that's the same thing that's happening today. So, so, so obviously, Turner's not learning from this. Um, with it, all these Liverpool fans tuning in, I mean, and I'm sure there were other fans for other clubs at that same time, um, with only one game on TV on TV, TNT, it's going to put incredible pressure and and traffic loads on your streaming service. And for Bleach Report to be a tech company and to have a tech a, a tech a streaming platform that crashes that they've outsourced, there's not even an in-house uh, streaming platform. It's embarrassing. And so for, for listeners who do, who don't know who are watching the TV broadcast, maybe of the the Spurs-Barcelona game and, and didn't go into BR Live. What happened was around about the 3 o'clock mark is BR Live crashed from the, from the number of people trying to get on to watch the game. Now, I got a comment from uh, Bleacher Reports. So actually, I got a few comments here. So first up was Greg, uh, you'll never walk alone on Twitter. He says, FYI, significant problems with Bleacher Report Live today. Many who paid for today's Liverpool match lost the game after 25 minutes and have been unable to access it. BR Live has been unresponsive online and on the phone. Now, BR Tech Support, BR Live Tech Support says, we are currently aware of issues regarding some matches not being viewable on BR Live right now. We are currently working, uh, we are currently aware of this and are actively investigating. Now, after this whole debacle happened uh, um, on Wednesday, I went to Bleacher Report and asked for a statement to kind of find out what happened. And they said, uh, quote, for a short period of time this afternoon, we experienced some technical issues. We restored full capabilities and are proactively connecting with all impacted customers. Now, I posted that on Twitter. I got a response from Rocksteady Eddie uh, on Twitter. And he says, short period. We spent 50 minutes on the phone with Bleach Report Live to try to get a, a picture for the Liverpool match. The customer service was unprepared and the issue went unresolved. Massive mistake allowing Bleach Report to stream these matches and so on and so forth. We got a ton of uh, feedback through social media and through emails from really pissed off customers, pissed off uh, soccer uh, watchers who were wondering, what the hell? I mean, and that's, and that's the biggest issue, Kartik, is because they've gone to the streaming push. I mean, we're, I think everybody kind of realized it, that they were going to have difficulties, but 
Turner wasn't prepared for this. So it, it's uh, it's not a good look, and it's uh, it's it's sad for you know whether you're a Liverpool supporter or supporter of any of the clubs. I mean, when this when this thing crashes and you can't even watch your favorite club or your favorite team playing in the Champions League, it's a huge issue. Uh, yeah, and, and they, I don't know that they understand the gravity of what they on because uh, when you're talking specifically about Liverpool, you're talking about evangelical-like fans mm-hmm. and, and supporters based in this country that's rabid. That okay, you can you can use whatever metric you want and say, oh well, there are less Liverpool fans than. Dallas Cowboy fans, or maybe that's a bad example, than uh, Minnesota Vikings fans in the country. But the, the reality is Liverpool fans, and this is the difference between Liverpool fans and Manchester United fans and Liverpool fans and Real Madrid fans, they will watch every match their team is playing in, particularly in Europe. They will go to great lengths to watch any match. And once you make this mistake with them, um, it just snowballs from there. So BR Live and, and Turner need to rectify this before the next match day. It's as simple as that. If they have one more mistake like this, um, like what happened with NBC Sports Gold, right? Yeah. Um, and that was, uh, that, that I think permanently damaged subscriptions and faith in that NBC Sports Gold product. Um, I could go on and on. Well, they just, yeah. So many, not just from their production, but from the technology standpoint, which is, which is you know, talent, on-air talent, uh, show formats, production, all that stuff can be fixed really quickly if you acknowledge the problems. But if you have a technology issue, that takes a lot longer. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, though. Soccer fans, uh, many of us who have been watching this game, this beautiful game for many, many years in the United States, we're, we're used to this. We've gone through this so many times, going back to the days of ITVN, going to the days of uh, Fox Soccer Match Pass, which was previously FoxSoccer.tv. That crashed all the time. So, and that had... A, a bad name for the longest time. People were like, ah, this thing's, I mean, even to, even today, if you mention Fox Soccer Match Pass, everyone says, okay, yeah, streaming issues, problems, even though they've, I mean, they've been great for a few years now. Uh, NBC Sports Gold, if you mention that, you'll still get people that, that, that complain and say, ah, yeah, that thing crashes all the time. It's, it's a piece of crap. Uh, ESPN Plus hasn't had any of that, uh, thankfully. So ESPN Plus is kind of on, on a pedestal where, they haven't had any major crashing issues, and, and that, that, uh, that speaks volumes. And that's the issue with B- uh, BR Live, is that uh, they need to resolve these issues ASAP. And the, the challenge is, Kartik, though, with so many of the games, or so few of the games being on television on TNT, I mean, one per window, one in the, the 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., and one in the 3 to 5 p.m. window, is... Issues like this are going to happen again in terms of the amount of people going to the websites to actually watch it. So hopefully they fix this ASAP because this could be uh, a long and uh, laborious uh, season for sure. Um, let, let's just talk, talk for a minute about Univision and, and, uh, and the Univision networks because the thing we found this week with their programming, so this affects the response to Liverpool, etc. They will show matches involving Spanish teams or Mexican players, which is why they've shown PSV, uh, before they show uh, what might be the other featured matches. So if you're going to try and rely on Univision Deportes and Galavision and uh, Unimas to show you the games you're looking for, um, it may not work now. That having been said, Univision has a streaming product which doesn't require authentication and... um, I have heard no complaints about it yet. Now, maybe there are complaints and people aren't using it or they're not communicating with me, but that is the other option. But if you're counting on actually seeing these matches on Univision um, television networks uh, over the air, uh, uh, unfortunately, they have their own priorities for their for their viewing audience. And oftentimes that means you won't get the game you want, even if it's not on TNT. So yeah. uh, just a note on that. Yeah, it's a good point, too, because um, the Univision Deportes uh, streaming platform, I haven't had heard anything, any, any bad uh, kind of feedback in terms of streaming issues or buffering issues. And the reality is, I mean, they streamed the 2014 World Cup on there. Uh, no problem. So they're they're used to that uh, kind of um, the amount of you mean just kind of a surge of traffic at any moment uh, before or during a game. One more thing, Kartik, I'll add about um, the Bleacher Report. Well, actually, t- a TNT coverage was on Wednesday post game. So watch the Spurs Barcelona game. Wonderful match, really entertaining. And then post game, they had about 
so about 40 minutes. So they, they went all the way till about 5.30 uh, Eastern time. Out of those 40 minutes, probably about 30 minutes or maybe 33 minutes was focused on Spurs-Barcelona. Yeah. And you had about eight minutes about for all the other games. So they showed the goal from the Liverpool-Napoli game. And, and uh, I think it was uh, Stu Holden saying, yeah, this was coming. This is a really good game. It was coming and, and Napoli scored. And then bam, 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 bam. Like, great. Try to get through the other games. Uh, again, this is like what used to happen with Fox. I had to watch ESPN FC, which, by the way, didn't have any highlights provided to them. Uh, but I had to watch uh, Adrian Healy hosting last night with, with Burley and Nickel and, and uh, Moreno to get analysis of the other however many games there were. Yeah. I, mean, it's just, yeah. I, 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 I don't know what their plan is. They feel like they just are, are – now, granted, they broke down Spurs, um, Spurs Barcelona pretty extensively. Yeah, but, but, uh, but, but, but almost like too, too extensively, though. I mean, well, that, yeah, I mean we, we, everyone saw the game, and he got 40 minutes of uh, post-game. 30 minutes of that is for Spurs and Barcelona, and they're telling us the same stuff we just saw. They're telling us, okay, here's what happened. Uh, Messi was one-on-one with keeper, and, and he's never going to miss with that, and he scores. And they're just talking about it. So we, we've seen the game. Let's, let's hear about the other games. Right, and the one favor they've done for us uh, this match day is they had Martin Tyler and Stuart Robson calling that game. Uh, like this is a, a shot at the Premier League here. The Premier League, you don't want to use Stuart Robson on your broad, on your as a co-commentator on your broadcast. Uh, you're missing out because I've watched him do Serie A uh, this, this season. He's very good. I've watched him do Bundesliga. I see him in the ESPN FC studio all the time. And then this game, he was on it. And part of it is working with Martin Tyler, I, I concede. But we already had all the analysis we needed in reality from Robson and Tyler. We didn't need a rehashing of it, right, um, right. except in a small dose in the studio. But they, they went overkill on it without and gave us no analysis of um, uh, uh, for Napoli. Virtually no analysis. Virtually no analysis the previous day of, of uh, Ajax going to Munich, getting a result. And I've now gone back and watched portions of that match. And granted, uh, one good thing about BR Live is they do have – um, if you're a Soccer Pass subscriber, matches on demand. So I was intrigued by uh, Ajax playing so well in Munich. And Ajax controlled large portions of that game, which I think would surprise most people. Um, but they didn't talk about it at all on Bleacher Report Live. I had to watch ESPN FC that night. And um, after uh, Burley and, 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 uh, uh, and, and, and the uh, panel and Dan Thomas talked about that match, I said, you know, maybe I should go back and watch it if Ajax were that good, and, and they were. But mm-hmm. I didn't get that on the actual network that carries right. the champion. That has the rights to it, yeah. And right. same, same, thing for, same thing for me, Kantik, especially on Wednesday. I walked away on Wednesday after the post-game going, okay, I want to know what happened in those other matches. I, I, yes, I know that score lines were, but I mean, so I went to YouTube and I went to the Bleacher Report football uh, stream and then saw the highlights of the other games but it's just highlights it's just goal highlights and i want to know the in-depth analysis about okay yes i mean sometimes highlights can uh give a false impression of what a game was like if you just look at the highlights and think okay well that that team had four chances at a goal and scored uh and the other one only had one but the possession might have been completely different it might have been a different type of game completely um and i walked away thinking okay okay i know what the score lines were i saw the goals but I still don't have a good feeling for which teams are playing well, which teams are you mean, having a tough time on the road or whatever it may be. I just walked away from that thinking I, I, I'm missing out somehow. And, I, and what I'm missing out on is that ESPN FC analysis. And it's a shame that Turner's not giving ESPN the permission to show the goal highlights uh, on their program, which is ridiculous. You know what's happened, though, during the course of the summer where Fox made a, a, a mess out of the World Cup and now uh, TNT doing probably even worse with the Champions League is that ESPN FC has become so indispensable. And those networks that uh, are not giving them highlights, Fox gave them, um, from what I was told, 20 percent or 30 percent of the hi- uh, highlights that they had given Fox four years earlier mm-hmm. uh, when ESPN had the rights. And um Turner not giving them anything, TNT not giving them anything, it's sharpening the analysis and making the program. I mean, the intention of not giving them highlights is probably to try and uh, marginalize ESPN FC as a program, right? Right. right. Uh, Instead, what it's doing is it's giving Burley more airtime, it's giving Marcotti more airtime, it's giving Moreno more airtime, and they're making the points. They're just showing up Fox first during the summer, uh, and now Turner to where you have to watch ESPN FC 
uh, after Champions League match days. There's no choice at this point if you're a soccer fan. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. I mean, to me, as a viewer, if I'm watching ESPN FC and I'm watching the analysis, say, on, on Tuesday night uh, about the Champions League and uh, they're not showing goal highlights, uh, it's a shame, but, but if they're not showing goal highlights, if I'm watching those ESPN FC shows, I'm probably more interested in watching the Champions League games the next day, on the, on the Wednesday, because they might give a preview, go in-depth, in or talk to Rafa Honigstein about uh, Bayern and, and Ajax or whatever it may be. I'm probably more likely to... It's, it's almost like a, a gateway drug. You mean, you just feed them the Champions League information, and then that, I mean, the only place to see it in English is going to be on TNT or, or Bleacher Report Live. So, Bleacher Report Live and TNT tried to reach out. I mean, maybe they're under contracts with ESPN specifically. I don't know. But Sid Lowe, Honingstein, Julian Lorenz, the, the guys who come on regularly, who cover uh, non English European football, that come on uh, ESPN FC. Uh, of, or even Stuart Robson, since they have him uh, through the UEFA feed, uh, international feed, uh, calling matches. Why aren't they trying to get these guys and their expertise in their studio, even if it's for a three-minute or five-minute segment? Why aren't they doing something like what NBC does on a Monday, bringing in Danny Higginbotham and Martin Tyler to preview a match, to at least get, give the feel that when that international crew calls the match, there's some kind of connection to the U.S. audience and to Turner's coverage? Why aren't they doing these basic things, Chris? I can tell you why. It's they're going after U.S. men's national team players, and they're trying to build their. I mean, I guess their 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 stick is on kind of. I mean, U.S. voices giving analysis about the Champions League. So whether it's Gooch, uh, Marisa Du, uh, Carlos Bocanegra, Tim Howard, Stu Holden. And there's probably a couple other ones I'm, I'm forgetting too that they've been in the rotation. That they're focusing on on that and um, trying to have the American voice. But but even even if you're going for the American voice, why not bring in Brian McBride? Why not bring in? Uh, I was going to say like yeah. um, Eric Ronaldo. Yeah. Eric Ronaldo's uh, looking for for work. You mean Eric Ronaldo's a good one. Casey Keller is a good one. Yeah. Uh, Brian McBride's a good one. And they're not even bringing in the guys. I think Tim Howard is a good hire, but again, he's an active player. Um, obviously, his availability is limited, and when he's not there, they're they're, they're awful. I mean, he salvages or sort of salvages when he's there, but. Um, how smart was that to tap an active player and then be in scramble mode whenever he's not available, which has been as often as he's been available? Yeah, yeah. And you can go down the list too. I mean, Christopher Sullivan, uh, Janusz Mahalik. I mean, there's a lot of uh, former U.S. men's national team players that are very analytical and, and probably could step in and give, I mean, right off the bat, some great analysis and, and – uh, yeah, they're not as young as, uh, say, uh, Moadu, etc. But, uh, but I think I think I mean that, that's what's. Mi- I mean, there's so many things that are missing, but, but that's one of the things that's missing, and and it's a huge part of this show. That's that's the the pregame, postgame. It, it's all talk. It's all analysis. It's I mean a little bit of a uh, social media thing here and there, but so much of it is focused on on the discussion, and the discussion is weak. Kartik, let's move on to uh, the DC Fan Fest um, in, Los, uh, in Los Angeles, in Washington, DC this past weekend. Uh, of course, uh, NBC uh, taking the show out on the road. And on Saturday, they were in DC. And uh, what did you make of, of their coverage? I mean, I guess it is what it, what it is. I mean, I didn't care for it much personally because I thought it was, it, it, you know, you had Rebecca Lowe having to scream. You had uh, the, the Robbies having to scream. Uh, they were uh, they were kind of more attached to uh, certain fan bases. Okay, here's the West Ham supporters this morning. Uh, and then you know, deploying Robbie Earl at one point. I think it was Robbie Earl with the Chelsea fans before the Chelsea-Liverpool match. Um, Alan Shearer gave good analysis. Um, he's gotten a lot better when I've watched him on the BBC the last few years. Um, he, he, he gave some nice commentary, but it, it almost was, uh, to me, a throwaway because then the next, next two days, NBC has Premier League matches and they're back at a high level. One day it's Rebecca Lowe in the studio. The next day it's, it's Derek Ray and great conversation between Derek Ray and Steve Bauer on Monday. So I know the fan fests are, are big for building the, the profile of the Premier League and and uh, interaction with uh, supporters throughout the country, but as a viewer, I I would rather do without them. I would just rather have Rebecca in the studio with the with the boys uh, discussing uh, things the way they normally 
Yeah, I, I I liked it. I mean, I mean, for me, I think every once in a while it's okay. It's uh, to me, it, f- it felt like uh, breakfast television. It felt like uh, Good Morning America, just yeah, v- very yeah. very feel good, very kind of light. Uh, they were talking about breakfast, and you mean like you mean so, this is the way to have a, a great British breakfast, and I mean just very very light and very feel good, and, and and I like I like seeing the fans on the set. I like seeing the fans cheering and uh, kind of uh, the shots of the Liverpool fans and the Man United fans and so on and so forth. I, I just thought uh, I don't know it, it was entertaining. I, I I watched it and yes, it, I didn't learn anything from it, but um, I just like seeing the grand swell of support for these clubs uh, around the country, and, and, and I think this is a perfect example. I, I'd like to see that with Major League Soccer. I'd like to see MLS going into markets maybe where they don't have teams, uh, and you mean doing something similar and having some some kind of fun fan festival. Uh, kind of getting out of the comfort zone because, I mean, I, I, th- I think it, it goes a long way to... I mean, probably a lot of people watching this subconsciously would have seen the DC Fan Fest and gone like, hey, I'm, I'm a Liverpool fan. You mean, I, I live in the DC area or I live wherever it is. You mean, they're just like me. And I think it works. It's, it's smart marketing from uh, NBC Sports uh, once again. And then, Kartik, uh, anything else from this past week, uh, briefly, just to mention? Yeah. Yeah, the Atlanta, the Atlanta, New York game on ESPN was really good call from Healy and and Twelman. It was a surprising match how well New York played, but uh, you know Taylor Twelman, every match he he's a co-commentator on, he does something provocative, um, and and in this match he's talking a lot about uh, tactics and and, and formations and, and taking shots at the U.S. men's national team for not hiring a, a permanent head coach. Uh, during the match, uh, so you know, a lot of times I, 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 I I'm be, I'll be honest. I watch these games. This game I want to watch anyway. But I'll, I watch these MLS matches just to hear Wellman, which is again a reason why I'm not watching the matches on Fox. Um, just a little uh, thing there. There were a lot of good Bundesliga matches this weekend. I, I have to say, yeah. I thought that uh, uh, Keith Costigan and Ian Joy in particular were good this weekend. Uh, this was a weekend, this past weekend was a weekend where I ended up watching as much, if not more, Bundesliga than, than Premier League. Yeah, me too. Because the matches, uh, Fox, uh, Fox still isn't good, but they have good talent there. And um, they have a league which they can they can promote they can showcase mm-hmm. um now so uh weston mckinney just scored the winner for, for schalke in the champions league yesterday um a match that by the way was not on tnt i had to watch on television yeah but, um, me too. the the um the bottom line is uh it, it begs the question again about fox's promotion because this weekend i got hooked on the bundesliga again and i think i'm going to be <laughs> watching more for the rest of the season and as much as we have on this show uh, taking shots at the Bundesliga, when I actually watched it, I realized it is a compelling product, yep. regardless of all the other criticisms of it. And, that, and that's the thing, though, too, is that I, I ended up watching more Bundesliga this weekend than, uh, than Premier League matches, too. Uh, the Hertha Berlin match on Friday against Bayern Munich was a great game, 2-0 to uh, Hertha and uh, Hertha. And uh, Keith Costigan and Ian Joy commentating, doing a great job. And, and that's been my criticism of Fox Sports. It's not being aimed at the talent. The talent are doing a good job at covering the Bundesliga. The issue is, is in, in regards to the lack of promotion, both by Fox Sports and the Bundesliga. There's very little outreach to let people know what's going on. And, and I missed I missed the match on Sunday, Kartik. I'm not, I'm not sure if you saw it. It was the uh, the, uh, the Hamburg uh, Simpali derby. And I missed it. I didn't know it was on. It was on at seven thirty on Sunday morning. And from what I heard, the game was good, but um, but the atmosphere was, was incredible. Oh my goodness! I didn't see it either. And, and it, uh, it was on FS. Uh, it was on FS One. And Hamburg is down for the first time ever. Right, it's the first time they've been yeah. in uh, ages. In the same, Saint Pauli has got Saint Pauli has come up a, a few times to, to the first division, um, and those derbies have been electric. Um, you have to know a little bit of the culture of – I think most people listening know what FC St. Pauli is. Uh, but the culture of Hamburg as a town, uh, my gosh. Now I'm, I'm, I would have I woke up and watched that if I had known. And it was on FS1, Kartik. Uh, you mean, wow. so, so it's like – you mean uh, these games I – mean, going back to the Fox uh, Oktoberfest, whatever it was called, and then this thing. And then there's been other things they've done too, but they're not getting the word out to let people know that there is actually happening. So – Ah, gosh. Uh, okay. All right, Kartik, let's move on to TV streaming news. Not a lot this new, uh, this time, but uh, there's one interesting uh, news item. Yeah, uh, BN uh, this week, and this is the parent BN Corporation, this week launched a, a $1 billion U.S. 
uh, investment arbitration case against the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia uh, for having being unlawfully driven out of the Saudi market and subjected to what has been described as the most widespread piracy of sports broadcasting that the world has ever seen. The landmark case is the only known investment arbitration ever brought in connection to state-supported illegal broadcast piracy. The arbitration is being commenced following universal public condemnation of the Saudi-based pirate TV channel BLQ, which in tandem with Riyadh-based uh, satellite provider Arabsat has orchestrated a plague of piracy on world sports and entertainment over the past year. Now, let me give you a little more context on this. During the World Cup this summer, because the, the MENA, Middle East, North African rights were largely with BN, there were attempts by the Saudi government to jam BN sports signal in certain countries, and especially in Saudi Arabia, of course, but in other countries in the Arab world, and promote um, an illegal stream uh, of, of these matches. FIFA didn't do anything about it. It's, it's, it's the Qatar-Saudi dispute in geopolitics, which has been very prominent over the last year and a half. But um, this piracy was so widespread, Chris, that it ended up hitting the pages of the, of the Financial Times, of The Economist, of, Uni uh, of Bloomberg, of Forbes. Um, it was talked about in, in mass this summer. I was surprised at the time BN didn't take action. Um, but I guess they needed their lawyers to get things together. And now, uh, two, three months later, they filed this, uh, this landmark case. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy times, Kartik. And, and it's one of those things that, uh, I mean, I mean, BN Sports has, I mean, the, the, the parent corporation has looked into this and used a lot of experts and they say definitely that these, uh, illegal, uh, pirate, pirated, uh, streams, well not streams, even feeds, satellite feeds are coming out of Saudi Arabia. And it's really it's a it's a war, <laughs> and it's over. It's well, it's not even over um, TV rights or, or streaming, but it's a way for Saudi Arabia to try to minimize uh, Qatar in terms of yeah. and Qatar is building their legacy, building everything on sports. So this is a massive issue, and, and no, no surprise there for the well, it's surprising the amount of dollars, one billion dollars, um, but um, no surprise that they're going after them. Now moving on, Kartik to TV ratings. So. We, we kind of teased this in the first segment about uh, TNT and how they're doing uh, and whether it's working or not. And, and again, we just have the preliminary numbers. We'll have all the numbers uh, at worldsoccertalk.com uh, this weekend. But uh, the number that stands out for me, Kartik, is the Man United against Valencia game on Tuesday on TNT. 234,000 viewers. And uh, that's, that's uh, to me, that, that seems small. And especially when you consider... Yes, uh, the Man United game was on a, a weekday and during office hours, a uh, 3, 3 p.m. kickoff. But then you look at Cardiff City against Burnley uh, in, the, in the Premier League. And, of course, probably two of the least supported clubs, perhaps, uh, in America. I mean, just not, not huge fan bases by any means. That one had 225,000 viewers. So almost more people watched Cardiff against Burnley on NBCSN. Uh, on Sunday than they did Man United against Valencia on TNT. What, what do you think about that, Kartik? Yeah, that, that's worrying. Uh, again, uh, I think that they, there hasn't been much really to encourage uh, viewership of uh, the Champions League on TNT because of all these, these errors that we've heard earlier. I think, I think people are streaming or they're watching Univision for, for these matches. Um, and uh, there's still a lack of awareness among some people that, that, that the the competition is on, uh, is on TNT. I mean, my, my parents were looking for the Man City game on Tuesday on Fox. Now, I, I don't know why I hadn't told them in the course of the last however many months that Fox no longer has the rights to the Champions League, and I guess they had mismatched day one. But um, my, my mother was looking for the Man City game on uh, on Tuesday and texted me that it wasn't on FS1 or FS2. Is it on, mm. is it on Sun, Sun Sports or, or Fox Sports Florida? <laughs> no, it's on TNT. Right. Um, but that's... Uh, and I should, you know, I, I guess we do this, Chris, for a living. I should do the most basic thing, which is to survey my parents <laughs> and find out what they're, what they're thinking. But they didn't know that TNT had the rights, well, that, uh, which is shocking. Yeah, well, that, well, that's the thing, too. I mean, I mean, overall, I'd say that uh, Turner's done a poor job at uh, advertising and promoting and letting soccer fans know that uh, they are the rights holder. Uh, I think they've 
imagined that maybe Bleacher Report Live or Bleacher Report, the website was so popular that uh, everyone would know about it because you mean they posted it on Bleacher Report. But people like your parents and many other people who don't go to Bleacher Report would not know uh, unless unless they came across you know, WorldSoccerTalk.com or, or some other website that had the information. The other game contact that was on TNT on Tuesday was Hoffenheim against Manchester City. An enjoyable match. I enjoyed watching this one again. Um, but this one had uh, 143,000 viewers. And I, I know Hoffenheim doesn't have a la- large fan base in the States. Uh, Man City does, um, relatively. But still, 143,000 viewers. That's, that's For the Champions League matches, even though it's a 1 p.m. kickoff, that's still poor. And, and, and that's the thing that... I guess Turner's going to struggle with is why are the numbers not as good as they they uh, they, they should be, and probably Univision's a large part of that. But I think they they need to do a much better promotion. Uh, TNT does in in promoting that they have these games and getting the word out because uh, so far it's been lackluster. In some of the other games, Kartik, um, the, actually the, an interesting number was the Real Madrid against Atleti uh, derby on Saturday. This is on Bean Sports. This is the English language viewing audience only, the number for that. That was 118,000 viewers, which doesn't sound that good, but usually the, the Spanish side of um, Bean Sports, the Spanish channel, usually has about double the amount, that, or double or triple the amount that the English side does. So... If I had a guess, it probably was closer to about 400 to 450,000 viewers that watched the, um, the Madrid derby on Saturday on being sports. Um, so that, that's definitely a positive there. Sporting KC against Real Salt Lake. Again, FS1 has problems uh, broadcasting Major League Soccer on, on Sunday evenings. 103,000 viewers. That's pretty, uh, pretty bad there, Kartik. Um, in better news, uh, New York Red Bulls against Atlanta on ESPN on Sunday. Uh, that one had 244,000 viewers. And, and by the way, that debunks this notion that uh, you, can't, you can't put a game up against the NFL because they put that matchup against the NFL. Even I found it odd, but I was relieved. I was like, oh, great. And I was watching the Eintracht Hanover game. But I'm thinking, this is great. You know, I'll have soccer on uh, television until, until 3 p.m. And I, don't have to, I can tune out the noise from American football because I'm not in the least bit interested. Quite, that's me. I know a lot of you out there are, but um, they got 244,000 viewers for this, which isn't great, but it's not. If you listen to some of these people who talk about uh, why MLS has to do certain things, they'll basically say no one will watch if uh, it goes up against the NFL or against college football. But the reality is that that number is not any lower uh, than the numbers that MLS is consistently getting at this time of the year anyway. In fact, it's probably higher. It's one of the better uh, numbers we've seen the last few weeks. So I, I really am heartened by that number, even though it's not that high. I, I think that says a lot uh, yeah. to debunk the lazy narratives of so many people who just don't want to change in this country. Well, well, part of it, though, too, is Atlanta United, and, well, yeah. and they're, the, they're the outlier. So I think people are definitely tuning in more so to watch Atlanta United because those games are exciting. I mean, it's uh, attacking football. It's a great brand to watch. And, and that fan base is growing um, massively. And the other part of it is ESPN. ESPN is uh, time after time just getting much better TV viewing numbers for Major League Soccer than Fox is. So it might be partly ESPN and then probably a lot of uh, Atlanta um, the reason for that that big number and, and that's the thing too at the end of the day if it's up against nfl or college football or whatever it is um if the product is as good as possible people will tune in and watch it it's the, the audience is there uh you just have to give them the reason to watch it so let's move on to listener mailbag uh, we've got a bunch of feedback uh first one up is from tim Keane. he says i watched tnt for the first time on tuesday they make fox look special Edgar Davids and Maurice Edu looked bored and uninterested, and their comments were almost comical as they were so bad. Add in that well-known soccer expert Steve Nash, and I almost uh, mouthed, bring back Warren Barton. Zachariah Tollison says, uh, BR Live has amazingly gotten worse. I know your podcast has focused more on television, but the streaming service is the worst I've ever come across. It's so bad you might as well stream legally, illegally, as you'll get a higher a better quality of picture we are paying more and getting less it is unacceptable and uh, that turner has taken uh, it is unacceptable and turner has to be taken to task it is somehow worse than the last match week 
The login continues requires you to jump through hoops. The platform is incredibly slow. Navigating the platform requires a compass, and it constantly forgets purchases you've made. It is nothing short of a dumpster fire. Turner has to be taken to task. Fox, despite their flaws, offered more for less, and anyone who disagrees is in complete denial. Honestly, NBC Sports Gold is easier to navigate than this smelly garbage. And, and that's the thing that Kartik is. is uh, I'm not a fan of the BR Live. Um, I guess I guess the design of the site, just the way it, the organization of it. Uh, we, we mentioned this on the last podcast. Sometimes I know that there's content there and I can't find it. And I'm like, so I have to log out of BR Live and then log back in and then go to the homepage and then, oh, and, and then I see it. There have been so many issues this week, I forgot to mention this too, Chris. So I upgraded to iOS 12, and it automatically logged me out of BR Live. And then during the uh, Bayern Ajax match and the Real Madrid Sesca match, Sesca Real Madrid match, uh, it, it basically said my free preview would expire. And, I, I, and then uh, I logged back, and I had already logged in once. Uh, after upgrading to iOS 12, I logged in again, was fine the rest of the day. But then yesterday it made me log in again for Liverpool Napoli. Um, and I got the match. No problem once I logged in. But uh, this is in contrast to ESPN Plus. John Lasker told us when you and I were in Bristol uh, a couple weeks ago that uh, and I told him, hey, I, I don't know if this is right or wrong, uh, but I uh, have not had to log in since since May. Right. right. I mean, I'm just recently, I just uh, hit my ESPN app. I go to the, the watch tab and uh, my ESPN plus contents there. Is that a problem? It's like, no, we don't want you to have to log in. We don't want you to have to go through that step. We're conscious of it. We we've, we've authenticated it in such a way that um, it knows you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not the case with VR Live at all. I've had to log in. That one time may have been Apple's fault because although I upgraded to iOS 12 and went to ESPN plus to watch ESPN FC and then a 30 for 30 after and didn't have a problem. So I think it's on VR Live three times in two days, whereas I haven't had to log in since May for ESPN Plus, uh, five months or however long that is. So uh, take that for what it's worth also. And, and that is the risk with uh, BR Live is that uh, so many, so much, so many of the games are on streaming. I mean, all the Europa League games except for the final, uh, all of the Champions League games uh, are on there, and then just a couple on, on, on uh, TV per day on the English language side is that the risk is with BR Live is that if it does continue to not work as well as we want it to work, it's going to be a massive issue and it's going to, um, it's going to decrease the number of subscribers. I mean, the, the people that are subscribed are probably going to cancel. I mean, some people subscribe for the, the annual plan, went for the whole year. I mean, so yeah. these, are, these are big issues. People are paying lots of money for this, so this better be improved. Uh, Charles Bobbis um, posted, he says, I listened to your latest pod this morning. Very interesting. Regarding ESPN's, ESPN FC's lack of Bundesliga coverage, I think I'm right to say that the, their Bundesliga expert, uh, Rafa Honigstein, has not appeared on the show in a while, which is unfortunate as I find him to be, in, uh, to be an insightful observer of European soccer, especially the European game. I enjoy hearing him on the uh, EuroLeagues podcast from BBC Five Live. Regarding the ESPN app, I agree that the interface is suboptimal. I discovered that the best way to find what I want to watch is to use the calendar function, which has an icon on the top right of the homepage. It has live links to all live upcoming and replay programming by date and by sport. Uh, much easier than scrolling through all the labels on the home and watch page. Finally, I was really surprised when you announced that Turner was not showing the Liverpool-Napoli uh, Champions League match on TV. I, I agree that the decision makes no sense. It might be the best match of the day, given the quality of both sides. I hope to watch it on the Univision Deporters app. And that well, that came in before uh, Wednesday's game. And yes, it did end up being a good game. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this this just reinforces, I think, some of the issues with uh, with with their selection of matches. Uh, r- real quickly on the Honigside issue, uh, he hasn't been on for a few weeks. I've noticed that also. And the last time, the last few times he's been on, there's been more conversation about Jurgen Klopp and Thomas Tuchel because they're leading prominent uh, clubs outside Germany than about the actual Bundesliga. So that's uh, and Leroy Sané is he having problems with Pep? That was uh, the conversation the last time I remember seeing him on the show. So that's a really good point. He hasn't been on for a few weeks. 
that impacts Bundesliga coverage. But I think even before that, they were using him to talk about uh, Germans abroad, if you will, PSG and, and Liverpool and, and Man City more than they were about the Bundesliga specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it could be too that there's not as much interest in the Bundesliga you mean among mainstream America? So maybe they're like, okay, we'll just have you come back on just for the segments that have, you mean, kind of uh, are in relation to the Champions League or are in relation to what's happening in the Premier League or, or something. But but yeah, he's definitely a great uh, analyst. Uh, John Average Geek says, uh, does Fox use its NFL games to promote Bundesliga? Any sport on NBC, there is a Premier League advert. And the answer to that would be no. So Fox does not use the NFL to promote the Bundesliga um, it would be, it'd be a huge statement of intent if they did. That would definitely increase the amount of awareness uh, and would also you mean, let people know about uh, Pulisic and other, other players, other Americans playing in the Bundesliga. Uh, and as far as I know, they haven't done that. In this the- weekend, the Ryder, the Ryder Cup was on NBC. Sorry, Chris, to cut yep. you off. I throw this in. There were Premier League ads constantly during the Ryder Cup. That's perfect. Yeah, that's, that's a p- perfect example right there. Now, now, of course, I think there's more uh, uh, golf and particularly the Ryder Cup being an international event. I, I realize there's more crossover with soccer fans watching that than maybe with the NFL. But still, it, the statement of intent was clear. They were advertising the Premier League as much as they advertised the NFL on it. Yep. Next up is Paul Scanling, and uh, Paul says, uh, lots of valid points about how poorly Fox is covering the Bundesliga. Sad because I really enjoy the league. Uh, you two also continue, <laughs> also continued your tradition of pronouncing something different from each other. Caribou versus Carabao. And and it's it's Carabao, Kartik. It's Carabao. Yeah, I don't know Mandarin, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's probably why. But yeah, I, I, yeah I actually, I thought about that the other day, though, too, because I was thinking to myself, you mean, OK, yes, it's an energy drink. I think out of Thailand, Thailand, I think it is. But I'm like, I mean, okay. to do a global uh, sponsorship deal like that, it's pretty smart. But it's not even even available as far as I know in the United States. So, you mean, it's, you mean if it had Carabao in the stores, I'd probably pick, would pick up a can just to see what it don't, would taste like. Don't get me going on that because as, as a former Fort Lauderdale Strikers employee uh, uh, and consultant, et cetera, we had an energy drink on the front of our shirts one year from Brazil that was not available in the United States. So, um, and, and it was, it was obscene. And it was again, because the, it was obscene. The, the, what? It was obscene. It was absolutely obscene because, well, obscene in, in a different uh, way because, okay. uh, uh, the, 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 the goal of the management was to advertise, uh, in Brazil, uh, and to sell okay. a sponsorship to advertise in Brazil when, uh, this drink wasn't even available uh, in the market where the team was playing. So, okay. Okay. Um, but that's uh, and and that failed miserably. But that's something that I think uh, um, we're going to see more of. We oh, see yeah. a lot of ads. I so the La Liga match, the Real Madrid uh, Atleti match. I saw some ma- uh, some ads during that match that I think were specifically directed to English language audiences outside Spain. Hmm. Um, which is scrolling on the thing. Yeah, which is which is different than what we usually see. Yeah. So. All right, right. Next, next up is Jeffrey Allen. He says, uh, I always watch the Bundesliga. On weekends, I start with the Premier League, but switch over when the Bundesliga match begins. I suppose it's because it was my first love uh, via Soccer Made in Germany. Imagine if Toby Charles had a weekly Bundesliga podcast. That would be wow. fantastic, right? Uh, Jester Fish says, after listening to your recent pod, I made the pledge to DVR and watch more Bundesliga. And boy, was I treated to a game from uh, Hertha. Uh, against uh, Bayern on my first attempt. Uh, great game and seemed like a great atmosphere. And yes, it was. Uh, Nuke says, uh, decided to watch the Dortmund... Look, look, Kartik, look uh, after our um, kind of criticizing the Bundesliga so much in last week's podcast, we had so many people that went the opposite way and started watching more Bundesliga, which is good, which is great. Including us. <laughs> yeah, including us. So it's, it's good to do that every once in a while. So uh, Nuke says, uh, decided to watch the Dortmund game and the Bundesliga and give it another try this season. And the presentation is awful compared to NBC. Same with BN. I find Ray Hudson too biased when calling Barca games and it takes away from the broadcast. And I, and I would give you that too in terms of the, the way that, I mean, going into watching a Premier League weekend, this seems like serious business in terms of the build-up and the graphics and, I mean, the discussion. And it's, it's like, I mean, it really builds you up to those games. And sometimes the games aren't as good as what we would think they would be like. Uh, and then on the Bundesliga, it's very much, okay, all right, going right into the broadcast, uh, kind of a small studio 
giving some discussion and then jumping into the game. And it's it's not as seamless or as much energy or, or money spent on focusing on the Bundesliga. But, uh, so, so, so good feedback there from Nuke. Dana Miner says, uh, Saturday, 29th of September, I turned on my TV at 730 and I was I was surprised to see actually actually it was, it was Sunday so Sunday I turned on my TV at seven thirty in the morning and I was surprised to see a Bundesliga game in progress. At first I thought it was a repeat from the previous week, but then I saw live superimposed on the screen. I pretty quickly realised it was a Bundesliga two game between Hamburg and St Pauli. Fifty seven thousand fans in a stadium for a second tier matchup. You won't see that in most leagues. Even though the game was turgid, I was excited that I didn't have to. Uh, wait until 9.30 for Bundesliga action. But what, what I do not understand is why Fox did nothing to let their regular Bundesliga viewers know they were going to be running the game at this time. Fox does an awful job of promoting its product. The DFB has to move from into the 21st century, but it also has to find a better broadcast partner than Fox Sports. And then uh, last but not least, last comment this week is from Edwin. He says, I don't think it matters that the numbers... Uh, and wider interest that you get with the Premier League, La Liga, or even MLS is, is just isn't there. I agree Fox does a poor job with all of its properties, uh, for example, Major League Soccer. But for a league like the Bundesliga, which is supposed to be have a cachet and is, it oftentimes gets beat by Major League Soccer in viewing numbers, um, it's growing, but it's an inferior product. I agree with Chris and Kartik that the Bundesliga is headed for BR Live, be in sports or ESPN Plus. It's just not a tier one soccer TV product in terms of getting viewers. Games are routinely drawing 60 to 80,000 viewers on FS1 and 20 to 40,000 on FS2. And I would say, Kartik, that the league is entertaining, the crowds are fantastic. Uh, it's the, the two biggest issues are one, it, it's, it's right slap against the Premier League games. So it forces the viewer into, okay, do I watch the Premier League or do I watch the Bundesliga? And so for the most part, the Premier League is always going to win that battle. And the second thing is they're not, they're not promoting it. They're really not spending a lot of energy and time and money to, to promote this league as much as, as they should be. Um, and there's other reasons too, but, but uh, the Bayern Munich uh, example would be a good one of that. But um, it is what it is. All right, listeners, you can always reach us via email through web at worldsoccertalk.com or uh, on Facebook facebook.com slash worldsoccertalk and on Twitter at worldsoccertalk plus of course you can always post comments on worldsoccertalk.com we'd love to hear your feedback your questions uh, advice tips um, rage whatever it may be uh, we'll read those out on air alright Kartik so uh, where can listeners find you if you want to catch up on your latest analysis uh, you can find me on Twitter at KKFLA737 and obviously uh, online at, at, at a number of places, worldsoccertalk.com, sportbusiness.com, and uh, yanksupercoming.com, among others. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. You can get a new episode of the World Soccer Talk podcast every Thursday. Every episode is released on SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, Audioboom, and worldsoccertalk.com. If you like the show, we'd greatly appreciate it if you can post a, uh, a review on iTunes, whether it's positive or negative. Just let people know about it and, and give us uh, your thoughts on and what you think about the podcast. Again, that's on iTunes. And Kartik, heading into another week of uh, European football and, and American football and world football, uh, as in world soccer, what should they do? Enjoy your football. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.